morning and if you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to the Gospel of John, John chapter 12. I'm going to read from verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Shall we pray? Our Father, we thank you that at this Easter time we can again gather around your word. And we just ask that as we do this, you will just speak to us through it and that you will encourage us and challenge us as we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. We ask these things in his precious name. Amen. I've titled this really, um, What is Really Happening Here? What's Going On? Imagine, you see a man in a suit, walking along the road. Suddenly, from out of nowhere, a man wearing a hoodie runs up to him, grabs him and pushes him to the ground. Your conclusions, based on what you have just seen, and based on what you think you know, is probably that the man has been assaulted. Wrong. You see, that conclusion is based on preconceived ideas and you are not seeing the whole picture. The man in the hoodie was walking behind the man who was in a suit and when the man in the hoodie saw a tile sliding down a roof and falling towards the man, he ran and pushed the man out of harm's way. Now I'm sure you've heard that before. In fact, some TV adverts are based around this very scenario. If after reading this passage, as many people will be doing today, if after reading it all you see is Jesus coming into Jerusalem as a king, riding on a donkey, and if you join with the people waving a palm branch, then like many this Easter time, you will have missed the point of what is really happening here. Now, if you fail to understand what is really happening here, then it might surprise you to know that you are in good company. Why? Because the Apostle John said that he and the other disciples didn't understand it. Here's a verse from John chapter 12, verse 16, the passage that we've just read. 
At first, his disciples did not understand all this. So this is a good place for us to start this morning as we approach Easter, so that we can make sure that we understand the relevance of what is happening here. On that day, they saw what they saw, and they heard what they heard. But to understand what was happening, they needed to see the bigger picture. You see, their understanding of what was happening on that day was based on preconceived ideas, ideas about how Jesus would build this better world. They knew that he was the Son of God. They witnessed the miracles. They believed the things he said. But at first, they did not always understand. This is the disciples the believers. Now, before we continue to consider the disciples, I want us to just stop for a moment and consider the crowd, the people, those who shouted, Hosanna, save us now. You see, quite rightly, they wanted a king. Now they had a king. They knew what this man could do. He could out-talk the leaders of the day. He could heal the sick and he could make the blind see. He could actually produce bread that would feed 5,000 people from next to nothing. He could raise the dead. He could even still the storm. You see, they had their preconceived ideas about what he would do. They know what he did do. They know what he could do. But what did they think about what he would do? Surely he would rid them of their enemies so that they could live peaceful, easy lives. They wanted a king who would give them a better world. What they, as they said, Hosanna, save us now, was maybe save us now from our oppressors. Save us now from poverty. Save us from hunger. Save us now. This is what a king does for his people. And this is what you can do for us. I wonder if that's what they were saying to Jesus. You know, many people do have that preconceived idea that we can just come and ask for what we want. Not from this king. He's going to blow the presuppositions apart. He has come to save you now from something far worse than these things that we've just mentioned. If you want to know what that is, you will have to look at the bigger picture. We know that in that crowd, There were true believers, we've mentioned that already, but true believers who also had presumptions of what a better world would look like. Those who on that day were thinking like the rest of the crowd. This is it. This is the day of his coronation. This day is at hand. What kind of saviour did they want? 
What kind of saviour does this world of ours want? What do we know that it is that we need to be saved from? This is a question for everyone, for everyone to answer. And maybe the answer that people come up with, the answer that they give, will be reflected in how they celebrate Easter. Time off work, maybe a party, Easter eggs, nothing intrinsically wrong with all these things. But is that how many people will celebrate Easter? Let's at this point go back to the disciples. The disciples who had seen Jesus do all these miraculous things. Two of them, James and John, had on one occasion requested that they sit one at either side of the throne that Jesus was about to sit on, and they would be there with him as he ruled. And here he is, the king on his way into Jerusalem with a cheering crowd following him. They, the disciples, were influenced with preconceived ideas that they had about King Jesus. How do we know that? Well, remember what we just read? Verse 16. At first his disciples did not understand all this. You see, to understand what was really happening, they needed to see the bigger picture, to see the context in which these things were taking place. There was an indicator here that they seem to have missed and overlooked. That is a reference to the Old Testament prophecy from Zechariah. That's what they needed to do. They knew about these things. Jesus had reminded them about these things. John chapter 12, verse 15. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey. A donkey's colt. You know, this is not just scripture being fulfilled for the sake of it. This is the reality of what God said would happen. This is part of God's promise. This is in the process of the promise being given to all mankind. This is the king. He doesn't have to become a king. He is king. The king. The Messiah. The one that all of the Jewish scriptures spoke about. This is Jesus. What did the disciples not understand about what Jesus said to them when they were coming towards Jerusalem, when they were on that journey, coming to Jerusalem for the last time? Listen to what Matthew tells us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Jesus speaking to the disciples here. Listen to these words. They're so clear. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. What did they not understand about that? Well, the next verse is a measure of how much 
They didn't want to understand these things. They didn't want things to happen like this. Verse 22, Peter, the outspoken, Peter, impetuous, Peter. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. You see, Peter, with his preconceived ideas, had his own ideas about how things should be. You know, we live in days where people, supposedly religious religious people, have their own ideas about how things should be in relation to who Jesus is. So let's go back to the first Palm Sunday. Let's go back to a verse we've looked at already, verse 16 of chapter 12. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Listen how it reads on. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Let me repeat that. Only after Jesus was glorified, that is his death and resurrection, did they realize that these things had to be written about him. They are the scriptures that they should have called to mind and that these things had to be done to him as he had told them. This triumphant entry into Jerusalem was an event that was part of a much bigger picture. You know, for them, in their day, the next part that was about to happen would happen soon, within a week. We today have the benefit of hindsight. And for us, you know, the camera lens is set to maximum zoom. We can see what surrounds this event on both sides of it. The things that happened before, the things that will happen after. We've considered what the crowd thought they were seeing. We've looked at what the disciples thought about what they were not just seeing, but were actively involved in. They had to go and bring the, the donkey, not knowing why they were doing it. But they did it. What about us today? What do we think about the events of this first Palm Sunday? I don't know if I can use this phrase here, but the phrase is, let's look at the backstory. How will this king come? What were they to expect? Well, Zechariah 9, verse 9, that we've already mentioned. This is what it says there. Zechariah said, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a coat, the foal of a donkey. What's he saying here? Rejoice, rejoice. Why? Because you have a king. Tell us about this king, a king who is righteous and victorious. What else are you telling us about this king? Not only will he be righteous, not only would he be and will he be victorious, he will also come humbly to you, riding on a donkey. Who is this king who is on his way to Jerusalem? 
or back in the Old Testament, Psalm 24, verse 9. And there's so many verses we could turn up here. But listen to this one. Lift up your heads, ye gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. That's what was happening here. The King of glory was coming in to his people. And we look back to these things. And we look back to these things before that first Palm Sunday. And now we look forward, because we can do that, to what will happen later when they enter Jerusalem. When the King of Glory enters Jerusalem, another prophecy is fulfilled. What prophecy is that? Isaiah 53, 1-3. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we would desire him. Listen to this. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. That's the king of glory who entered into Jerusalem on a donkey. Did you notice that the Pharisees saw what was happening? They knew what happened on that first Palm Sunday. Yes, they were there as well. What did they think about it? Well, they had preconceived ideas about him. They wanted to kill him. This was their perception of things. And they thought that this would solve all their problems. <laughs> you know, they were right. They were wrong. <laughs> the truth is that when what they wanted to happen did happen, it would have the potential of solving everyone's biggest problem. The problem that we are all sinners. Sinners who stand condemned by God. But by the death and resurrection of Jesus, the one who is our righteous and victorious King, we can be saved and saved now. Hosanna. We know what did happen after that first Palm Sunday. In the words of Jesus to his disciples, as he told them what would happen, Matthew 16, 21 again. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem to suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. They eventually did understand these things. But this brings us to the points this morning of asking the question, are you still not understanding these events of that triumphant entry into Jerusalem? The events of the king who would be rejected? 
who would be crowned were crowned with a crown of thorns. He would be mocked and dressed as a king in a purple robe hung on a cross to die. Then he would rise again from the dead on the third day and he is the one who now sits in glory having paid the price for your sin, yes, for your sin and for my sin so that you and I can be saved, saved now from the judgment of God, from the wrath of God. I'm going to repeat that verse from John 12, verse 16 again, as we consider it in these closing moments. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. I might surprise you now by what I say. Easter is not a religious ritual. What do I mean by that? That Easter is not a religious ritual that we remember once a year but it is a reminder of an event that needed to happen. It was and is an integral part of God's plan so that salvation could come to us today. One more question before I finish this morning. What song will you sing today? Will it be this one? Hosanna, save us now and bring us a better life on earth. Maybe it will. But that's a bit short-sighted. And that's not understanding what is happening here. But here's the song that you can sing. Sing Hosanna. Thank you, Lord, for saving us and giving us a new life on earth and an eternal home with you in glory. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Oh, Father, we just come to you now. And in these few words, we ask that you remind us of the importance of these events and what they mean to us today as guilty sinners who stand condemned before a holy and a righteous God, but who can know salvation forgiveness, acceptance, and that we can be part of your family. And it's all through what Jesus has done. And so we come in his name this morning. Amen. Mm -hmm.